Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Welcome back to the 11th episode of the Short Track Talk. Today, we have a very young German rider here with us. She's been recently racing in the World Cup. She started off in her junior category racing in the World Cup. And since then, she's been climbing and getting more and more positions till this year when she raced as her first time for as an elite. She's racing for the KTM factory mountain bike team. And for those who don't know who I'm talking about yet, uh, we got here today with us the German national champion, Leonie Dobermann. Good morning, Leonie. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm well. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no, it's a pleasure. Uh, thank you for coming. How are you doing? Uh, we know your knee is not doing uh, its best. We got a torn ligament. So how is that going? How's your recovery process going? Yeah, I injured it back um, one day before World Championships. That were, was a very bad um, very bad time to have such an injury and um, we just found out I have a torn cruciate ligament and my inner band is partly torn but right now um, it's okay it does not hurt that much and I can ride my bike so I'm pretty happy about that but um, it's still a long way I guess until it's really really good again but I keep doing some races um, the season and then I have to do the final decision if I will undergo surgery or not but of course I hope I can make it without surgery yes I can imagine a surgical process just gives you more recovery time and then in order to be able to be able to be back for next season it just makes it more difficult so first of all uh, for those who might not know uh, you got injured in the sketch and I believe yeah. was it was it a fall Yes, it was a fall. It was um, on the final training day. And yeah, it was somewhere where um, I got told many, many athletes fall that day because it was super slippery in the morning when we rode on a track. Um, so it was different from the other days. Yeah, and I was one of the athletes um, falling, but somehow I really got injured in that, uh, in that fall. And yeah, I... You definitely um, there is something wrong, but I still wanted to give it a try the next day. But at the end, I just had to pull out mid-race. It was, yeah, too heavy pain. Yes, I can imagine. For those who might not know, she was racing with a torn ligament and the World Championships, none other than World Championships. And mm -hmm. uh, so the, the fact that she made it uh, to mid-race, it was already says a lot about her. And not only that, but uh, last week or two weeks ago, she was German national champion for short track and she raced with a torn ligament. So I yeah, think that, yeah. that is something uh, really special and something you can be really proud of. So I have to ask, how crazy are you to race with a torn ligament? Yeah, many people ask me that, especially after a German championship. Um, and... I don't know. I just feel okay on the bike. Um, I also raced with a splint. So that was important for me to just also mentally know um, in the case I'm crashing, there is something um, stabilization for my knee. Yeah, but I didn't want to end the season like that because I had a good first year in the elite category and then I just... I was not ready to end the season just um, with a fall and an injury. So um, this was a big goal of mine to get on a start line for short track. And of course, it was a risk. 
but it turned out pretty good and yeah super happy with that of course Oh, I can imagine. That's really good to hear. Uh, like I said, congratulations again. It must have been a difficult race for you, but uh, you clearly clearly went well. So you mentioned now it's been your first year as an elite. How has that been? How's the feeling with being with all the all the pros on the start line and having them next to you and beating them sometimes? Yeah, that for sure was super special. All in all, the season brought a lot of changes, not only the category, but also uh, my first time racing for yeah, a professional team with KTM. So it was, everything was different. And standing besides all the pros, I always looked up to and racing them and sometimes beating them. Yes, it was super cool and I really enjoyed it. Is there someone re you really look up to or you really admire that was like first race having her next to you, which is something really crazy and that got you nervous? Uh, there is no single person making me nervous. It's just because there are so many um, super fast girls on the start line. But I remember one special short video clip someone made of me when I was racing in Leo Gang and I was just behind... Kate and just before Yolanda. So I was chased by an Olympic champion chasing a world champion. And that was in, I don't know, lap four or five. So this was really special. And I watched this clip sometimes and I was like, okay, that is pretty cool. <laughs> of course, uh, it's something really special to be there after all the work and all the sacrifice you put in. Uh, Leo Gun was your best race this year as an elite you ended up 13th top 15 in the world not many people can say that so that must have been a really special race and like you mentioned with probably really special memories so that's really good to hear and now uh taking a little bit of a jump behind i want to ask you how did you first start on a bike how did leoni but start racing on a bike um i must say this came a bit through my family because my mother was racing um earlier and yeah that's why i was always a lot on the bike when i was a kid but yeah not with racing in mind but somehow when i was i guess seven i just did my first little race because my older sister did it and she's two years older and then i was like okay i'm going there to race too and that was a bit of a disaster but um somehow i still ended up racing <laughs> yeah somehow uh, that's really good to hear yes your sister is also lisa she does race sometimes how is it racing against her oh that is pretty cool because um we are training a lot together and she's very important for me and i guess i'm also very important for her because we really push each other in training and yeah we both um develop together and um of course it's her on the start line i wish a perfect race the most of all my um rivals and it's always cool maybe when i'm having a bad bad day she's maybe having a good day so there's still um one doubleman at the front <laughs> so you always have twice the chance and sometimes we end up both um very good and then it's even better have you had fights over a race because of you winning or because of her winning and getting home and you being really really angry at her or her being really angry at you 
No, that um, did not happen yet. And I guess um, that will not happen to us because, of course, sometimes you're sad or angry about your own race, but it's never the fault of her. It's because I made mistakes or I was having bad legs or anything, but nothing because of her. And I also have to say we did not race that much in one race until now because she's still under 23 and I'm racing in the elite category but all in all I yeah I cannot wait till we race more together and kick ass together <laughs> <laughs> of course uh, it must be something real fun to do and also something really special to be able to be on a start line with your sister Although she's not your sister on the race, she's just another competitor, but it must be something really special. So that's that. And then I wanted to ask you a little bit for you. How was it to start racing internationally? It was 2016 as a junior, first year junior that you started going abroad and you were fifth in the European Championships and you were sixth in the UCI Junior World Series. So how was that for you? Start traveling abroad start racing against the best of the best in the world and being there with them and being able to beat them sometimes. That was super fun. And I really fell in love with cycling and especially racing more and more. And I, of course, enjoyed traveling to those countries. I remember the European championships you, mem um, you mentioned. They were in Sweden and I have never been there before. And My mom also came to yeah, just support me and that was super cool to see her and cheering for me and being in that beautiful country. I really loved it there and yeah, international racing is just super cool. And then the year later, you went to Australia to race. How is that in the world championship, 10th in the world and racing in Australia, just the fact of traveling to Australia, how special was that? Yeah, that was such a cool event and I was really unhappy with my race afterwards because I was um, sitting in bronze medal position mid-race but then having a huge crash um, and on my head and I just got a bit dizzy having several more crashes because I just did not know where I'm going anymore but besides that it was super cool and also There I had a family member again because a cousin of mine is um, living in Australia since several years. And so it, of course, was a big goal of mine to once go there. And then even with the race and having world championships, that was just perfect. <laughs> it was just an excuse to travel and being world championships is just even better. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great to hear. And yes, sometimes races don't go as you expect. You know this, especially this year and with world champs in general. They haven't treated you too well so far, but I'm sure that will, that will end at some point and I'll just start uh, giving you the position you deserve. And then you didn't race much in the following years. Uh, you were racing a bit around the world, but uh, not internationally. Then COVID came, uh, whole racing stopped. And then last year, uh, your last year of under 23 It was a really good year for you, I would say, uh, constantly being a top five rider in the World Cup. Uh, you were fourth in Abstad, sixth in Novi Mesto, fifth in Leoganalis Gets, fourth in Lentraheide. How was that year for you realizing that you were getting really close to professional level and you were still a really good rider that was just up there with the best of the best? 
Yeah, that was very important for me to finally pull off a good season because I had a lot of injuries the years before and a lot of health problems and just yeah many different things that kept me from riding fast and I was on a point the winter before where I didn't know how everything will go on because also my coach said from one day to the other um, he didn't want to coach me anymore and yeah also the national team said okay your results are not there you may be thrown out and then the problem came that I'm also in the police um, athlete apprenticeship and they say okay if you're not in the national team maybe anymore then you're also not anymore here with us and so it was like my whole life, everything was, um, poo, maybe this will all change because you're too bad. And then I really, yeah, I really kept training hard every day this winter. And I, yeah, I made the best season then I had until then. And yeah, so this last year under 23, also with the elite German champion title was just lifting a lot of weight off my shoulders yes uh well like you mentioned i had no idea about that it must have been a really difficult year especially a really difficult off season for you and how do you manage that because mentally uh physically uh carrying such a weight like you mentioned it has to be something uh, really difficult and the pressure you put yourself under uh, just in general because it's either you race or you race and you really need to race properly and have good races so how do you deal with that uh, to end up getting such good results and to end up finally achieving your goal yeah that for sure was very hard and i have to admit i cried a lot these times but i um <laughs> yeah i had my family with me and i had some very good friends um and they, of course, helped me. And I also realized in this super hard time how bad I really want this, how bad I want cycling, how bad I want racing, and how bad I want this athlete life to just yeah, give my best every day and be a good rider. And then I knew, okay, so get your stuff together. Just give 100%. And if this does not work out, okay, then you at least gave everything you had and yeah at the end it worked out and I'm super happy and super proud of that and yeah super super cool that I'm still here doing um, the profession I love the most absolutely just putting in the work uh, sacrificing that much and racing without much pressure but at the end achieving your goal is just the most special part of it uh, not just being being in the races and racing, but uh, being able to, like you said, uh, keep going with your dream and everything you worked so hard for. So th those are the stories that are just really special to hear, uh, overcoming difficulties and uh, just being able to, through work, uh, sacrifice and passion, being able to achieve your goals and your dreams is just something special. Uh, so I'm really happy. Thank you for sharing that. It was, it was something really special, I'd say. Uh, not many stories. Oh, I hear many stories and the podcast. Uh, there's always people that have gone not through the same stuff, obviously, but through different stories and different moments in their careers, cycling careers that were just at that point where you were. So it's always special to hear how you overcome those difficulties and 
how you are now. Uh, well, you had a great season this year, and I'm sure next year will just be better. And now leaving the bike aside a little bit, and I'll let you speak. I'm speaking too much. How, what is it do you enjoy doing outside of the bike? I really enjoy to spend some time with my friends. Um, when I was injured once again, three years ago, I had um, surgery on my foot and I had like eight or nine weeks where I was on crutches and could not ride. And in this time, I met some very, very great people in Augsburg, in my hometown. And yeah, we still hang out as much as we can and um that is a pretty cool story we have a little group of yeah we have a group of friends who enjoy to play a very very old card game Bavarian card game it's called Schafkopf I guess that's just yeah a regional thing um and most people would say it's for old men playing um, playing in a pub but um We enjoy doing this and that's a pretty cool thing to do because yeah having friends outside of cycling is super important for me they do not care about results they do not care about how strong i'm right now i'm just yeah leonie their friend and not the athlete so that is pretty cool yeah and i enjoy that in my free time well that's just something different to do and like you mentioned uh being separate uh from the bike world is just better because like that you really disconnect fully disconnect from the races and all the cycling and you just enjoy with your friends and like you mentioned uh being able to meet leoni the the person of the athlete that's that's kind of my goal of this podcast being able to show that athletes and the riders of the mountain bike world cup are also person they're not just humans that race uh around the world so uh yeah that's that's just really cool i i don't know the card game but like you mentioned something that people play in Bavarian sort of germany yeah that but... is really um not known by many people even in <laughs> germany um i would say the people coming from north um, are like okay what is that i don't know but yeah um one of my best friends or maybe she's my best friend Really, she helps me um, through every rough times. Um, she it just showed me how to play this game when I was injured. And yeah, since then, I'm really into it because, yeah, you play it by four people and in teams. So, yeah, that is pretty cool. <laughs> yes, of course. And like you mentioned, it's a pretty good way to get through an injury, uh, just being with friends and just uh, doing something to clear your head in general. So that is truly like that. Uh, so that's just really cool to have something like that, like I mentioned. And uh, you mentioned uh, you this was your first year racing for the KTM uh, factory mountain bike team. How is that uh, comparing to other years when you were racing more by yourself with some help here and there, but it was not a professional structure? So how's that change been for you? Uh, that change um, has been super important. And I guess my... My dad and my mom is also pretty happy because uh, it's now finally less work for them. They put so much um, of effort into the last year. So finally, I have a very professional team I can travel to all the races with. now. And, and besides that, for me, it was also um, pretty cool. And I'm super happy I made a decision for this team. This was a bit of a 
yeah struggle last year when I was like having several teams um, to decide where where do I join and yeah so I um, signed with KTM for three years so I'm even more happy that it turned out to be a good decision because I am hanging out with them for the next two seasons too and yeah I just really love it to develop together because KTM is also a very young UCI team and they are learning and they are progressing and I can learn and progress too. So that is pretty a pretty cool thing. Yeah, uh, like you mentioned, uh, just mountain bike in general, I'd say it's a constant learning process. You never stop learning uh, through one way or another on in one place or the other. You should truly just all around the world going here and there. So that's great that you're happy with the team. And I imagine it's, tr- it's truly your parents uh, thinking, being able to get some rest on weekends instead of having to go here and there. So Absolutely. They deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big change. But it also, uh, I'm sure you appreciate a lot uh, your parents who have helped you that much, really. And probably... Yeah. Absolutely. And still are helping. I mean, um, I'm back being coached by my dad. That has been a wish of mine for a long time. We began together and then it was just too much with all the work he had to do. And I changed coaches, but yeah, it never clicked as much as with him because he knows me best. And um, he is not a professional trainer. He did not learn this, but he's also learning a lot by doing and we are learning a lot together and i just love it so he's still a lot um, a big part of my career and of the career of my sister but yeah i love it (laughs) how is having your dad as your coach yeah um it's different because when it's about training and about getting faster then you you have to yeah, it's not the same like you're talking to your dad. And this time it's your coach because he wants me to be um, to be faster and I have to trust him. And that is maybe a positive um, thing, of course, because I do trust him a lot. I do trust him most. And I know, okay, we can handle this together. And yeah, but then you just have to switch it off sometimes and then he's your dad again. But um, the last years, it worked out pretty good. So I'm I'm happy with that. And I hope um, we can continue this. Well, of course, uh, that's really great to hear. And I, like I said, of course, when the results come and when you have good races, just uh, having your dad there, it's even more special, I can imagine. And you mentioned you were in the Police Athlete Academy in Germany. Uh, are you still there? Yeah, and right now I'm also sitting in my room here because, um, yeah, in the winter we always have um, education and in the summer we are free to travel and this is for five years and I'm finally in my last winter having this because it really is hard to juggle training and education and learning. And yeah, so I'm very happy to finish in January next year, having my final exams. That will be another hard winter, but then I'm ready with that. And yeah, it's cool to have a second thing because when mountain biking 
it's over or you're having such a big crash that you just cannot come back to an athlete performance level, you still have something in your hands. Of course, I think having a second option, uh, like in this case for you, the police, is something really important. Always having to something to fall back into if things don't don't turn out the best way. But of course, that's a worst case scenario. A best case scenario is writing for a long time. And yeah. and you talk a little bit about how it's been for you so far, uh, being in the academy and coping with training. And I imagine you're surrounded by more athletes from different sports. So that's got to be something really cool. So can you talk a little yeah. bit about that? Yeah, of course. Um, we are very little classes, just seven in one class. But um, I never um, had contact with, for example, a climber. Or we have track and field athletes. We have canoeing. We have rowing in our um, academy. And that is pretty cool to just see other athletes. How are they training? And you can... You there is no there are no rivals because they're doing just a completely different other sports and so everyone is happy for good result results and yeah at the end you still have an athlete mind so they understand you when you're when you're sad or when you're disappointed or when you struggle with anything getting faster getting better and yeah that is very cool to have and to have contact with athletes from completely different sports no i can imagine i'm being surrounded for people that just have the same passion for sport as you do pretty much and it also helps to just push each other further on and also allows you to just be surrounded of a really good atmosphere in order to just progress and get better in general. So that's something really cool that uh, the police offers you uh, that option to be able to work uh, during winter and to study, but also to be able to ride and each one do its sports uh, during summer. So that's, that's something really cool. I didn't know that was an option. Uh, something really interesting, I think. And how do you handle uh, when the preseason starts? You have to start training. Well, for you, it's probably going to be a bit different preseason this year but how do you usually do with classes uh training eating healthy and all that kind of all those things that are mm -hmm. just play play a key key role in in an athlete's life yeah um thankfully i'm in the fifth year now and i figured out pretty good how i can handle this and how can yeah how do i get my you mentioned nutrition that is also a big important part and now I know how to do it because that is not so easy when you're eating in the uh, cafeteria and yeah until now I figured out how it works out for me and the good thing is um, our ed education is over every year at the beginning of February so then there is still pretty much time or at least a bit of a time to prepare the best way for the season until it starts in I don't know April but during the winter it's it's always hard but I'm getting better at it and uh, you just mentioned you eat in the cafeteria from the academy I imagine how do you handle eating there and keeping a healthy diet because sometimes uh, cafeteria food is not the best not the healthiest it's just something quick uh, pasta rice fries 
uh, just sort of chips in general. So how do you handle keeping a healthy diet and training and eating in the cafeteria constantly? Yeah, the good thing is um, they have several options to choose. So you can always have rice or potatoes, which is always a great choice before training. And we also have a um, salad bar. And yeah, I love having a good um, salad. But yeah, sometimes you just have to skip the real meal. And then I'm doing my own, for example, porridge or any good carbs. So I'm fueled very well for training. Because as you said, um, with, I don't know, fries or anything, I'm not fueled the best for, for a long training. Yeah, that's true. It's not, not the best thing and not the best energy you want in your body when you're going all in or a pizza or a burger or whatever. So that's something that's something you have to learn. I'm sure first year was difficult uh, having all that good food and just uh, having to adapt to it. And talking a little bit about nutrition, like you just mentioned and talked about, do you have someone to help you with that? Or did you just uh, know what you can eat and what you shouldn't eat? And or someone from the team now maybe helping you out with that? Um, no, I'm doing this all by myself, but I'm super interested into nutrition. I read a lot by myself. I also experience a bit by myself. Um, some things were better, some things were bad, but um, until now I know my body pretty well and what it needs to have a good training, what it needs before um, racing. And especially I learned that really fueling my body with um, enough carbs before, during and after the training is a big part and makes my training really better. But yeah, I do not have any help, but I'm just interested in this topic by myself. Yeah, uh, that's fair enough. Uh, some people, I myself, I'm really interested in it too. I think it's really important to know what we're reading and when to eat it because some people believe that... Uh, if you eat less, you're just going to lose weight and get in good shape. That's not true. You need to have good energy in your body constantly and good good elements and good food in order to be able to have the best best race and best trainings possible. Yeah, uh, and I also found out that it's better to just do not be too strict or too stressed too much about it. Then it's it's easier to just go with the flow. And the good thing is I um, really like and enjoy healthy meals. So yeah, it's easier if you if you like all the good stuff i would say yes i agree uh that's even better when you just enjoy eating healthy food instead of junk food in general it's just better and easier of course and now uh you've started well you haven't been really able to plan next season because like you mentioned you don't know if you'll be getting surgery or not yet so it's a bit too early for that but what would you be your future goals in mountain bike in general you you just started as an elite and you got lots of years uh, to race and to achieve your goals. So can you share any of those goals that would be like a dream to be able to fulfill? Yeah, of course. So my short-term goal, especially for next year, is to just get more consistency and to finally pull off a good World Championships race because that's what I missed every other year. In the past years, I always got injured or um, sick just the week before or the day before, like last year. And that's something um, I'm waiting for. 
and yeah to just race more world cups because this year i left some world cups out for example the overseas to just spend my energy wisely because i'm still young i'm still progressing i cannot handle so many world cups until now so i hope that will get better next year and then of course a long-term goal is the olympics but i guess that will be an answer from many athletes and so it's also a big dream of mine of course i can imagine uh, next year paris is right around the corner even though i'm sure it's in the back of your head even though if you don't want to say it it's something every athlete really has at the back of its head And yeah, uh, this year you didn't travel to Snowshoe, Monsantana or Petropolis, our first race in Brazil. So I imagine that's been, that, that will be something you'll be doing in the future, just like you mentioned, being more yeah. regular. And also the experience of traveling to those countries must be something really, really special and really nice. So I'm sure Absolutely. you yeah. were a bit jealous of some riders from seeing those. Yeah, yeah, I was. Especially because Snowshoe and Monsantana, um, I missed them because I made the decision to 100% focus on the European Championships in Munich. Because, um, of course, it's my home country, but it's just an hour from my home. Munich is really not far, and I wanted to be at my best. And then I said, okay, I'm not doing those two World Cups, and maybe I'm taking advantage because I can train perfectly. And yeah, that was the plan. Reality was that during those two World Cups, COVID hit me and that was pretty bad. And I didn't know until three days before the European Championships if I will race because I was really two weeks off and having high fever. But I decided to race because, yeah, I was not in the shape I wanted to go on the start line. But it was like my home race and so many people cheering for me. And so I was, okay, I'm just giving it a shot, enjoying the atmo atmosphere. And so the race itself was pretty cool. Of course, it didn't help to have COVID right before and having a flat tire mid-race was also not the best thing, but I still enjoyed racing there super much, yeah. I can imagine it's nothing racing in a home crowd, especially when you're right next to home. You got all your friends and all your family cheering for you. And uh, flat tires, just uh, racing life. Sometimes it happens. It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not much you can do about it, sadly. Uh, did you have it uh, close to the technical zone or for a little way? Uh, it was pretty far away. I could ride some sections, but... I also won long uphill. I just had to run because the ground was super sticky itself. And then without any tire pressure, it was just not possible. So yeah, I lost contact to top 10 was, um, which was pretty, pretty sad. But yeah, I was still okay with the race because I went with the mindset to the race that I'm just gonna enjoy it, enjoy the atmosphere. Not the mindset I would usually have approached um this race because of course it's a championship and you will do super good but after having covid i knew it was just yeah it wasn't sure if my if my body would make it to the finish line so i was still enjoying it and still happy and then the flat tire was okay there are 
worse races when this could happen when you're in your best shape and you're fighting for a medal but so it was shit but still okay yeah it's not the best circumstances if we, we can call it that way uh, to go into a main goal that you'd be preparing for a while but that's life and that's racing and now that's covid too it's something uh, i think we've all learned to live with and i'm sure you got plenty of european championships and i'm sure you'll have some close to home uh, in your future future years of racing and uh, could you mention i wanted to ask you something like a bit more personal uh, what has been your most special moment uh, from riding in general so far? Um, ooh, luckily, there have been many special moments. Um, it's it depends on which of which um, aspect you you want to have a special moment. I remember being a very very special race was um, last year the German Championships. Um, that was not just because I really had a great race. I signed up for Elite, although I was still under 23. So I was a bit of an underdog, but I know I had it in me looking at the lap times from the World Cups compared to the Elite riders that, yeah, I'm quite there. And if I have the, um, my good day, then why not fight for the win? And that's how it turned out. But the most special thing was that my little sister was racing at the same time, just one lap less um, in the under 23 category. And so in my last lap, when I was already in the lead and absolutely pushing my body to the limit to just get the title, I heard um, that she won her race and that she's a German champion and that really gave me the last push to just yeah, get as fast to this finish line as possible and she was standing there she was the first one to hug and celebrating a German title together that is super special and that is a race that we both will remember forever I'm sure well, of course, uh, it's a really special moment uh, racing with your sister, like we mentioned before, but not only racing with her, but both of you uh, being uh, national champions, each one in its category. And I imagine not only a very special moment for you both, but also a very special moment for the family and all your friends that were that were there with you. Absolutely. It, it must have been something amazing. And now we've talked about the best. Well, one of the best, like you mentioned, you, you got many. And can you mention one of the worst? Yeah, the worst moments um are mostly when i cannot even race because something like an injury or anything happened um that's the moments i struggled the most with because you prepared so much for a race and then you cannot even start and you have to watch the others race that is super hard that's also um for example the german championships in the uh, in the year before that was my last under 23 category and I also felt like I had it in me to win the German title at the end of the year. And then I just got injured um, also again at World Championships in the in a team relay. So I couldn't even start at the German Championships and I really wanted that title and I really worked for it. And I had that in mind for a long time and then not even... Um, being at the start line and trying it and having yeah, a race against the others, that are the moments that really hurts the most for me. 
uh, yeah, uh, just watching from the side, like you mentioned, is not it's not something uh, people usually enjoy. Like any sport, really, uh, having to watch from the side when you know you could be playing is just annoying and it makes you angry. But that's life sometimes. Uh, it's not ideal. It's not what we want, but we have to learn how to deal with it. And one of the last questions uh, to finish up the interview. How is it uh, not only being a national champion like you, uh, you've been for a few years now in different categories, but also being to race, uh, like you mentioned, for Team Deutschland or Team Germany, sorry, uh, before. Uh, how is that for you? Yeah, I always love it when it's um, when I'm racing for Team Germany. That means it's a championship and that is always very special. And yeah, it's always cool to wear the German stripes and having all all the athletes um, representing the country and raising their national kits. That is always brings a special feeling for everyone. And that is pretty cool, that race feeling and pre-race feeling. Well, I can imagine uh, just being able to wear the national colors and uh, have the whole country cheering for you there. And just racing with with friends, I'm sure that you don't get to race probably that often. It has to be really something really special and being aside from the same team and being able to share time with them. So that's great. Uh, thank you for sharing that. And now last question is one of the worst ones. I'm giving you a heads up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't get scared. It's not bad. I want to ask I'm you. I'm already scared. I'm already scared. <laughs> so <laughs> I okay, I'm ready ask... for it. <laughs> ready? Okay. I wanted to ask you if you could give me a song to put at the end of the podcast. Wow. Okay, that that is a hard one, but you already said it. Um yeah, yeah, I I have a song in mind that is maybe not a motivating pushing song for for pre-race, but because we talked about some some lows, a song that helped me in some lows when you you did not feel understood or when it's all about results and achievements and you're injured. And so it's sometimes hard that um, to remember that the worth of a person is not results and achievements, that you're much more. And a song I really liked in these tough times is um, God Only Knows from For King and Country. God Only Knows from... For king and country. For king and country. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we'll leave everybody listening to that. Uh, well, thank yeah. you for the interview. It's been a, an absolute pleasure. I have really enjoyed it. And thank you for coming and sharing everything with us. Thank you for having me. And thank you for doing this podcast. I'm excited for, for all the athletes you're interviewing the next weeks. Well, thank you. Bye. <laughs> The world is sound asleep and Too afraid of what might show up while you're dreaming Nobody, nobody, nobody sees you Nobody, nobody will believe you And every day you try to pick up all the pieces All the memories, they somehow never leave you Nobody, nobody, nobody sees you Nobody, nobody will believe you God only knows what you've been through God only knows what they say about you God only knows how it's killing you But there's a kind of love that God only knows God only knows what you've been through God only knows what they say about you But God only knows the real you There's a kind of love that God only knows
every single secret So afraid if someone saw them they would leave But somebody, somebody, somebody sees you Somebody, somebody will never leave you God only knows what you've been through God only knows what they say about you God only knows how it's killing you But there's a kind of love that God only knows God only knows what you've been through God only knows what they say about you